Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Well, it's good to be with you. It's good to be with you online as well. And, uh, and as, we, as we get started, I, um, I, I renamed this message, and, and for, for the sake of the guys online, I re- renamed this message just in the last, you know, uh, just this morning, um, to this, respond to God like Levi did. We just had young Levi on the platform as, uh, as a, with a bunch of uh, young uh, teenagers who'd just been at a, a conference, a camp, and someone had said to Levi what they thought the Holy Spirit, what God was speaking to him, that he should go and begin to pray for people. And Levi, without another moment's thought, went, yes, God, I will. He didn't overthink it. He didn't pause around. He didn't consult 25,000 people on it. He he didn't post on Instagram before he did it. And he he just went, yes, God. And and so this morning as we gather, um, uh, I I want us to speak about you and, and your next yes to God, your next yes to Jesus as it relates to following him. And I want you to respond like Levi. And so listen, listen to this, Mark chapter 1, verses 16 to 18. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, come follow me. And I will send you to be um, fishers of people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. Jesus sees these, sees these two young men. They were almost certainly teenagers uh, who became his disciples. And he says to them, come, come follow me. And they're like, no worries, you're Jesus, let's do this. They leave everything they've known without any guarantee of the future but they understand who Jesus is, at least at the very least that he's a rabbi and a prophet at that point. And they leave everything behind to follow him. And, and the invitation Jesus gives to them is the invitation Jesus continues to give for us or to us, that we would be those who come follow him. And, and, and as you read scripture, you realize that following Jesus is, is not an add-on to the Christian faith. It is it is the Christian faith. It's not like some get to believe and some choose to follow. It's that if you believe in God, you are a follower of Jesus. And so, of course, the Jews got this. And the reason they were able to just go bang is, is they understood in their culture, you know, the, 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 the biggest thing you could do was uh, the, the rabbis were like the spiritual leaders and the cultural influences of the time. And rabbis, these, you know, scripture, teachers of scripture, um, they they would pick disciples. And the disciples they chose were like the elite. They were the the best of the best. Like they could make a quote to something in the Old Testament. I don't know about you. I still, at 52, still can't remember the the order of the books in the Old Testament. Well, they could quote a verse. And the student would be able to quote it back or quote the next verse. And and that was kind of like baseline, prerequisite for being considered to become like a disciple of the rabbi. 
And so when Jesus turns up, he's already established in them the heart and mind of the people that at the very least, he's a rabbi and a prophet just by who he is and how he operates. So when Jesus says to teenage Simon and his brother Andrew, come follow me, they understand what Jesus is saying and they say yes. And it profoundly changes their life in the moment and forever. And Christianity is meant to do that. It's not meant to have a couple of lifestyle alterations for us. It's meant to transform you and I from the inside out and the way we orientate and organize our very lives. And Jesus gives an invitation to you and to me. And he says, come follow me. And I want to be like Levi at this stage of my life. I, I definitely was when I was young, but I want to be there now. I want to be like, yes, yes. I've just in... in, in um, my little siesta back here, I, I made some new yeses. I'm like, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. And these three things, I'm like, yep, I'm in, I'm, that's it. Let's, let's do this. And, and you have a next yes to Jesus as well. And I want your response to be like Levi's. Here's what I know about God. I know that God is always at work convicting and encouraging and compelling us. Don't you love that? I love the idea that God... That God is at work rallying your heart and rallying my heart, trying to get us into the place where we would say our next yes to him in following Jesus. That's an extraordinary thought to me. And so today, as we we think about that, uh, I want to lead you in a direction around following Jesus that you might say your next yes to him, because I know that there's not a yes to God that I've ever said that I've lived to regret later on. Sometimes a little painful in the early part. It's like going out, we've got a gym at home. And some days I do weights and some days I get on the cross trainer. And I don't really have a set routine. I go with how I feel. So I feel like doing weights all week or I feel like doing cross trainer all week. But I always have this same feeling. The first five minutes on the cross trainer, I just hate it because I know I've got 55 minutes to go. Needs to be a really good show on. And, and sometimes your yes can be like scary or daunting or like, oh, I don't know. But, but if you just stay with it, the yes to God is always good. It's always good. He's only ever got our best interests at heart. And, so, so, and, and this idea following Jesus, John chapter 10, verses 25 to 28, Jesus answered, I tell you, Um, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. Hear what he says next. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they they follow me. Um, Luke 14 verse 27. Anyone who loves their life um, will lose it. And anyone who, who hates their life in this world will Keep it for eternal life. Now, he doesn't want you to hate your life. I, he doesn't mean that, but we haven't got time to spend there. Whoever serves me must, must follow me. Um, and it goes on to be a follower of Jesus. And, and so maybe today the whole idea of what it is to be a follower of Jesus is foreign to you. I love the way John Mark Comer puts it. And, and we're going to spend a few minutes there. John Mark Comer is a, a Bible teacher, a brilliant Bible teacher. And he says, following Jesus is essentially this. Be like Jesus or be, be with Jesus, become like Jesus, do what Jesus did. Bang, got it. Be with Jesus, become like Jesus, 
do what Jesus did. And I want to drill down on that. And, and so some of you are like, Darren, that is so basic. Why did I come to church today? Well, I know it's so basic. Are you there yet? Are you there yet? Or is there a next yes that Jesus is calling you to? Is there a next yes that God is calling you to in following him? Because at least my experience is that he's always leading me somewhere. He's always taking me somewhere. There's a next yes coming my way. And and I don't know what it is for you, but he, he wants to take you there. And, and so your next yes, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30 in the message kind of captures the spirit and tone of the invitation. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out in religion? Jesus says, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Um, Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy on you or ill-fitting for you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's his plan for you and for I. And then, and so to follow him. And then, and then, of course, he leaves his disciples. The last thing he leaves them is this, this instruction before he ascends to heaven. He says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make, you disciples, go and make disciples. You followers of me, go and make followers of me. And I will te- and teach them, uh, sorry, Uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So so Jesus lived this way. Jesus tells his followers to live this way and he says, go do this throughout all the earth. Go and make followers of me. Go make disciples. And and the Jews understood, as I alluded to before, uh, what a disciple was. And so so John Mark Comer puts it like this. He says, "It's, um, it's a pupil. To be a disciple, to be a follower, is to be a pupil, a pupil of Jesus. It's to be, and I like this, apprenticed to Jesus. I like that. I can get that. To to be a Christian is to be apprenticed to Jesus. Now, I was an apprentice when I was young. I was an apprentice carpenter for a year and a half of my life. Fell asleep at TAFE. I hated it. Oh man, I've never hated anything more in my life than waking up every day and going and being an apprentice. Now, some of you love it. I get that. I love what I do and I love other work that I've done, but I, 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 I hated being an apprentice. And so therefore, I was a really bad apprentice. Like, but, but a good apprentice understands that your job is to watch the builder or watch the tradesperson and learn what they do and do what they do, right, until you can do it. And, 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 and so I, I would watch the tradesman and I'd watch him, you know, um, chip out the, gosh, help me, Lord, <laughs> chip out the, the timber. <laughs> me and Jesus, the other great carpenter. Hey, Jesus started and ended up in ministry too, so I just, you tell me. What it tells us is that every carpenter in the room hasn't fully gone there yet. So anyway, we won't go there. I don't want to judge you. Please tithe. They are so, no, but, but I would go and, you know, practice really badly. I was so bad. I tried. And, and even hammering, like Bron will tell you when we first started going. And, and I would throw my hammer across the room like I'd hit my fingers all day. I was hopeless as an apprentice. 
And I'd watch, and in the end, they put me on the steamroller and I'd fill gaps of silicon around the buildings. And, I, and I, I, in the end, my uncle said to me, Darren, do you like this job? And I went, no, I hate it. He said, go get another one, son. Go get another one. And I did. But lots of others become, and eventually they become builders and tradesmen and master builders, right? And they become elite at what they do because they were apprenticed to a tradesperson who knew what they were doing. Fritzy trains barbers. They, all these young guys are apprenticed to him. Now, I can't think of a better barber around town, sorry for all the barbers, to be apprenticed to than Christian Fritz. I mean, he's full of life. He's passionate about what he does. He wants to teach and he's always learned. And so you want to be apprenticed to Fritzy. And if you want to be a barber, you should talk to him afterwards. And he's right there. And, and, but, but Fritzy will teach you how to shave and how to cut and, and all of that kind of thing. He'll teach you all the nuances and layers and colors and whatever else they do when you're a barber. You know, so apprentice to him. And, and the Bible calls Christians to be apprenticed to Jesus. Not just believe, but apprentice to come and follow him. So what does that look like for you? What's the next step for you? What's the next step for me? Number one, just to be with Jesus. And, and I love this. And if you're online, I want you to practice this. You can do it if you're on your own as soon as we finish here today. But to be with Jesus, listen to this, because this is what Jesus modeled for his apprentices. He, this was his, Jesus has very few habits we see in scripture, but this was one of them. This is the one we really know about. Mark chapter one, verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, some of you are having shivers already. It's not a prerequisite for faith. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So you can imagine Jesus' disciples, there watching Jesus, they're in bed, they're, they can hear Jesus get up, leave the house, he heads off to a solitary place to pray and, and then they see the Jesus that returns. They see the man that's at peace in the middle of chaos. They see the man that's living full of power. They see Jesus making decisions that he says are from the Father. And they are able to connect it to this solitary place where Jesus would get alone in the presence of his heavenly Father. And so when Jesus leaves the earth, what do you think they did? We know that the apostle Peter gets a revelation of the global church in a solitary place on a roof, you'll be glad to know, not before it was light, but in the middle of the day at lunchtime. Ah, oh, breathe for you, some of you, you know, just breathe. But, but, he, but, but, but he was apprenticed to Jesus. He understood the power. He understood just what importance this had. Is Amy, excuse in the room? Oh, she was here at 8.30. She told me I'd walk around with the water endlessly. I'm putting it down, Amy, I'm putting it down. Now you'll all remember. Why did I tell you that? And here's the thing. When I started to do this in my own life many years ago, it was just a discipline for me. I didn't love it. I just knew that it's what a follower of Jesus did. But today, this is the thing that I love more than anything. I mean more than anything. And it's not because I'm deeply spiritual. Brian is way more spiritual. And that's not even a joke. That's just the truth. 
But for me to draw away in solitude in the presence of God and to just be with God, to be with Jesus and to pray and to sit is is just the best thing in all of life. It's this solitary place where uh, you begin to sense no phone, no iPad, no technology, no people, nothing. Um, Brian, as you saw, is in a brace. And so there are some downsides to that. Like I have to sleep in another room. There are some upsides to sleeping in another room. We both get a good night's sleep. The other upside is that when I wake up, this is honestly how it is, I immediately feel like I'm in solitude in the presence of God because I'm never alone. And I wake up and I'm like, oh, yes, all right, Lord. And you will be amazed if you've never really gone there. I don't mean in a nominal way. I mean in a meaningful way. If you've never really gone there in your life, just what will happen in terms of the presence of God enveloping you when you take time to draw aside in solitude and to just be in his presence and just pray. And it just it doesn't need to be spectacular or anything. It just needs to be simple and from the heart. And, and I know he'll do this for you because God did this for me before I was even a Christian. Laying, I'd been sitting with my auntie who grew up in church and wasn't in church. And I definitely wasn't in church. I was about 19 years of age. And we had a conversation about God and I went to my bedroom that night after we watched this show and had this conversation. And as I lay in my bed, something began to happen. I'm like, what is going on? I was like the room, all I can describe it, I'm not weird and I'm not crazy. I'm as normal as an average Aussie gets. And I just felt the room shift like something. I didn't know what it was. I just knew it was God, like this warmth and this presence. And, And I'm like, God, is that you? And it got stronger. And you go, oh, Darren, you made it up. I couldn't have made this up. Here I was living this life far from God. And in a moment of softness, in the blink of an eye, God is like, bang, there with me going, yeah, I am. That's what he do for you. There's something incredible. And as life rolls on, all I can say to you is is just to go there. Not in a religious way. This is not going to get you to heaven. This is not going to tick a box. This is about you knowing the life that Jesus called us to live and compels us towards. And listen listen, listen to this verse, if I can. Here it is. Here's what I want you to do, Jesus, right? Find a quiet, secluded place so that you won't be tempted to role play before God. Now, we're mainly Aussies. We don't really role play anyway. I love this. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. Oh, that's how I pray. Sometimes God, I'm wondering, God, do you want me to say more? I don't think he cares. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can and the focus will shift. And here's an incredible focus to go on in our eye-centered culture. The focus will shift from you to God. And oh my goodness, what transformation that brings in our lives. So that's number one, be with Jesus. Number two, become like Jesus. 
The Bible talks in 2 Corinthians 3 about being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. That's, that's God's will. That's God's plan for you and for me. Um, Romans talks in Romans 12 about be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Uh, it's, it's that good work going on, this renewal that, that leads to transformation. Does that describe you? Is that, is that your life? Here's what I've, uh, I've observed with, with, with faith. There's people in the room today in any room like this that, that, that they've never heard the idea of being a follower of Jesus before. And so my advice to you is to do what Levi did and just say, yes, Jesus. Like, don't overthink this. And may God interrupt you the way he interrupted me that night and just say yes to Jesus. And then, and then there's some of us, and, and you've lived this really well, but you've kind of found your place. You've kind of settled, you know, your rhythm of church, what you do, how it works. If I said to you, tell me the last time a message really resulted in change, you, you couldn't quickly identify it. And, and, and I want you to know that Jesus compels you and I to continue to move forward like Levi and go, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. And then there's others of you and you live this well. This is your life. This is how you live. You are like, yes to Jesus. You're like going there. And then, of course, there's those of us in the room who are like, you just feel like you fail at the whole thing. And I would say this to you. I speak with lots of pastors, as you know, and they all feel like they're failing, like nearly all of them. My opening line most of the time when I'm speaking to pastors is, you're doing better than you think. And, and same with you. You're probably doing way better than you think. There's a reason you need a saviour. There's a reason you need Jesus. There's a reason I need Jesus. And if you're not sure about it, just live the rest of the day. We, we, we need him. But, but, but make it wherever you're up to and wherever you've been, whatever your story, may you choose that the next thing to do is to say yes to Jesus, to become like him. So let me give you just one way um, as we wrap this. We might get this slide Acts like family feels like home on the screen. I'll, I'll just touch on this. I had a bunch of points, but I'll touch on this one because we did it recently. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Above all else, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Wait for this next line. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. It's not said to the gifted. It's said to the godly. And, 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 and here's a great example of just one way where, where being a follower of Jesus, Jesus did this, didn't he? Jesus gathered at the temple and Jesus gathered around the table. Now, did Jesus need either? I don't think he did. Jesus didn't need the temple and he didn't need the table, but he gathered at the temple and around the table for everyone around him. And it's those that gathered around the table with him that saw the most transformation. And, and you and I in becoming more like Jesus, we do need the temple and we also need the table. And, and, and for, for a couple of reasons, this is how Jesus, this is how God matures us, right? This is how He grows us in inspiring community. Like you hang out with Locko here, you can be lifted. You can be, trust me, I know He's my son, but you ask them around Him. You can be encouraged. If I hang out with Katie, it's going to be even better than that. It's all right. He's a boy. He's all right. There, there's something powerful about godly, like, I mean, the good 
community. But there's another side to it, it's messy. The best person is messy. It just is. Bron's awesome. Bron's a wonderful human, she really is. Bron is my best friend. Wasn't always that way. She asked me that once when we were, you know, not long married. And she said, are you my best friend? I went, "Uh, no, you're my wife. Bad answer. If you're married, bad answer. (laughs) Anyway, I've had lots of bad answers that I now know the answers to. (laughs) Text me if you're not sure and I'll do my best. But Bron is my best friend. Bron's a wonderful human. But I'll let you in on a secret. My gosh, she's flawed. (laughs) She's really flawed. (laughs) Well, she is, just like you and just like me. And in the mess of marriage, if God has His way, something better goes on. And you and I, we just need to be able to keep going there. Someone let you down? Why does that surprise you? Someone did the wrong thing? This is life. Someone offended me by what they said. I don't know anyone who's lived for a little while who that's not the potential truth for. And yet Jesus, understanding all of this, says, hey, become like me and gather at the temple and gather around the table and let your lives rub off on each other and rub up against each other and let me have my way in you because it's in your ability to forgive and get past and mature and to love and to show grace and kindness and mercy and more. It's in that that you become like Him. And so may you decide that you have a next yes, whatever it is in following Him. And may you be like Levi today. And before you leave this building, if you know what it is, may you have put in place, yes, Jesus, I'm following you. And here's my next yes in that decision in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand with me as the guys come and do whatever they're going to do. When you heard Levi's yes, you know, it's interesting. There was no regret. There was no regret. It's like he took this yes that was the prompting of God. And of course, the ultimate impact of it, though he would have been nervous or whatever, was a good thing in other people's lives and even God stirring in his own heart. Your next yes to God, let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for every single person in the room. Uh, The fact that they are here is a yes to you all on its own a response to you as God. We are here, not because of religion, but because of you, God. And so we thank you for every yes in the room that is drawn near to you today. And so, Lord, I'll follow that up with our next yes to God. Some people already know what it is. Others are about to find out. You're going to do a work. Um, But Lord, I just pray that may our response to following Jesus be like Levi's response at that youth camp, that the moment we hear it, the moment we get it, that our answer is yes in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.